George Floyd. Across the country, Americans marched in overwhelmingly peaceful demonstrations. And the movement is crossing borders as well, with massive rallies against racism in cities across the globe. But there was also this gathering today. Police in Buffalo showing support for two of their colleagues charged with assaulting a protester. A sign of just how large the divide remains. We are covering every angle on this monumental day, beginning with Garrett Hake in Washington. Tonight, cries of Black Lives Matter and hands up, don't shoot. Echoing from coast to coast. The largest day of demonstrations for George Floyd yet. In Washington, crowds stretching from the Lincoln Memorial to Black Lives Matter Plaza in front of the White House. So we're in the middle of a pandemic. You're a person who doesn't like crowds anyway. I think that says a lot about your commitment to being here. It does, it does. And I mean, you know, people are losing their lives, so we have to risk our lives in order to make something up to have change. From the East Coast, marchers demanding action in New Jersey. No more silence. And across New York City, where our Chris Jansen is. In New York, thousands of people coming out today, peaceful gatherings in parks like this, marching through the streets for yet another day, even though many protesters say they're tired, they're determined to force change. And in Philadelphia, where the crowd swelled on the art museum steps, this couple tying the knot, then adding their voices to the chorus. In Chicago, thousands packed the streets, and in the West, Denver Broncos players joined a march to the state capitol. Our generation right now is teaching our kids the right way to equal. In San Francisco, they jammed the Golden Gate Bridge with calls for justice. Demonstrators fanning out across the greater L.A. area. While the vast majority of protests have been peaceful, there have been some frightening moments. In Pensacola, Florida, one man drove through crowd, carrying a protester on his hood across a three-mile bridge. Police say no arrests have yet been made. Overall, violent incidents and arrests within demonstrations have fallen over the last several nights. With last weekend's riots giving way to this weekend's peaceful protests, cities like Atlanta, Dallas, and Washington have lifted their curfews. Are these protests working? Yes. I think, I think that they are working because it's getting people to think. Think about who their elected officials are. I'm a great believer that if you vote stupid, you get stupid. <laughs> and, and that's what we've got today. We, we've got to make better decisions in the people that we elect and force them to make good decisions in our behalf. And Garrett joins us now from D.C. Garrett, with the protests mostly peaceful, is there a decreased police presence? It seems that way, Jose. You're much less likely to see National Guardsmen or armed federal officials like these behind me deployed amongst the protesters. But make no mistake, they're still out there. Some 43,000 National Guardsmen are currently deployed across 34 states. That's double the amount that were out at the beginning of this week. Garrett Hake in Washington, D.C., thank you. And the protests are not just in this country, but across the world. Richard Engel is in London with what is turning into a global movement. That's right. Around the world, the same slogan. With demonstrations today across continents. From Australia to South Korea to Germany and Mexico yesterday. People denouncing racism and police brutality in the U.S. and in their countries. 
among the biggest demonstration in the United Kingdom, where the march was overwhelmingly peaceful. But there were tense moments near the Prime Minister's residence. Protesters threw bottles at mounted police. One of the officers has been knocked off his horse. What do we want, justice? The protests in defiance of lockdown rules. Here in London, government officials repeatedly and emphatically urge people not to do this, not to get together because of COVID-19 in crowds of more than six people. This was their response. Personal ties front and center on the minds of the demonstrators, according to sociology professor and fellow protester Adam Elliott Cooper. In countries like the United Kingdom, almost one person a week dies at the hands of the police or prison system, and black people are disproportionately affected in those kinds of figures. So we have very, very similar problems here in the United Kingdom and France and Germany speak and other parts of the world as well um, that we're seeing in the United States. A movement seeded in the United States is finding fertile soil abroad. Just as Black Lives Matter was painted near the White House, Why? British activists shined the words on their Houses of Parliament. Richard Engel, Glory. NBC News, London. For more of Richard's reporting on the international response to this and coronavirus, tune in for On Assignment, the COVID Frontlines, tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern on MSNBC. Two police officers were in court today charged with assault after they were filmed knocking an elderly protester to the ground. But it is what happened outside of court that's also drawing attention. Dozens of their colleagues showing up to support them. Raheem Ellis reports. Tonight, two Buffalo police officers pleaded not guilty to charges of assault after they were caught on video pushing a 75-year-old man to the ground. Martin Gorgino hitting his head so hard he lay bleeding on the sidewalk in front of City Hall. The officers, Robert McCabe and Aaron Turgalski, were released without bail. They've both been suspended from duty without pay. As the officers leave the courthouse, cheers from a crowd of fellow officers and law enforcement. In another show of support, all 57 members of the Buffalo Emergency Response Team resigned, but they remain on the police force. In Atlanta, an officer was placed on administrative duty after video showing a woman being forced to the ground. Police body camera of the arrest shows the woman being handcuffed and taken into custody. They're now investigating. Amber Jackson said during the struggle, her shoulder was broken. The police then comes in and slams me, yanks me out of the car and slams me down. The Atlanta Police Department says Jackson was resisting arrest and the officer had to force her to the ground to get her in handcuffs. And in New York, the city's police department suspended two of its own after video shows one officer pushing a woman to the ground during protests and another officer seen pulling down a man's mask and pepper spraying yeah, his face. Yeah, that, New York's governor says police that reforms are coming, perhaps as early as next week. Legislature is going to come back next week. We have the say their name agenda. No chokeholds. No chokeholds. How many times do you have to learn the same lesson? That would follow California, which banned teaching officers chokeholds last night. Minneapolis just banned them outright, and the city council voted unanimously to require officers to step in if they see unauthorized use of force by another cop. Tonight, voices of protest still spreading across the country, calling for even more change. Rahima, in Buffalo, all 57 members of that response unit resigned. So how will the city manage large demonstrations? 
uh, Jose authorities say they have a plan to use city and New York State police, if necessary, to maintain safety. And a quick update on the 75-year-old man who was pushed to the ground. His family attorney says he remains in the hospital. He's alert, but he says recovery is going to take some time. Jose? Raheem Ellis, thank you very much. Today, thousands of mourners in North Carolina said a final goodbye to George Floyd. His casket brought home to his birthplace. Steve Patterson now with more on the moving tribute to the man who ignited a movement. As the casket containing the body of George Floyd wheeled into view, mourners paid their respects, not with heads bowed in sorrow, but with chants of passion and power. Let us march on! At Floyd's public viewing, those paying their respects lined the streets in the small city of Rayford, North Carolina, just for a glimpse. Going in there realizing that could be me, that could be my father, that could be my friend Rob, that could be anybody um, who looks like me. Floyd was born about 20 miles from here, where much of his family still resides. We spoke to Floyd's siblings outside, so choked with emotion, they couldn't bear going in to see him. That's our baby brother, and I can't go in and see him laying in a coffin. It would drive me crazy forever. In life, he was both flawed and lauded, a son, father, star athlete, and leader who later fell on hard times. In death, he's become a symbol of police brutality and social injustice suffered by black Americans across the country. With uh, people here, the support, me seeing everybody stand out, protesting and all that, that gives us a, a lot more support. Later, a private memorial marked another tearful family remembrance, the second of three scheduled across the country. In his living and in his dying, he has pleased God. He has woke all of us up. Tonight, a family's grief highlighting a national outrage, a memorial to help heal a terrible wound. Steve, what's next for the family of Floyd and, and the investigation? Jose, Floyd's final remembrance scheduled for Tuesday in Houston is likely to be the most emotional. It is the place he called home. It is the place he grew up. Meanwhile, Derek Chauvin, the officer charged with second-degree murder in his death, scheduled to be in court on Monday. And one more thing, you may notice what looks like a cemetery behind me. This is actually another makeshift memorial representing about the names of a 100 black lives believed lost during some form of injustice. And I can tell you, it is stark. Jose? Steve Patterson in Minneapolis, thank you. The new job numbers announced yesterday brought a glimmer of hope to millions of Americans suffering through this economic crisis. But for African Americans, the anguish of unemployment only got worse. Morgan Radford reports. That's right. That's right. The latest jobless numbers, good news for the country, adding two and a half million jobs in the month of May. But for black Americans, unemployment rose to 16.8%, its highest rate in a decade. For human resources executive Victor Patterson, his six-month job search has brought uncertainty. What needs to change? We have to get back to the point where we are identifying talent through a very broad spectrum versus the narrow one that may exist today. Kanisha Mayweather left her job at a clothing distribution center in April because she couldn't risk exposing her three children to COVID-19. Her eldest daughter diagnosed with a rare form of cancer, and she says her youngest has breathing problems. I feel sad because I can't provide for my kids like I normally would. Mayweather says she filed for unemployment, her first check arriving just this week. It's been real crazy stressful, very stressful. 
It's been plenty of nights I've cried. Some small business owners hit first by the virus and then by looters. To be honest, that was a long night. In Tampa, Florida, co-owner Karif Johnston says his shoe store lost over $100,000 in damages and stolen merchandise. Security footage showing not even a locked gate could stop looters. Being a black-owned business and, you know, always trying to do our best to take care of our safe community, we, we don't hold anything against anybody. We forgive everybody. A community in pain after the killing of George Floyd, now beginning the long road towards healing. Morgan Radford, NBC News. Still ahead, Dr. Fauci's new warning about protesting in the pandemic. We're back with a new warning about protesters testing positive for coronavirus and what the case numbers could look like weeks after this massive worldwide demonstrations. Carrie Sanders reports. A warning tonight for demonstrators across the country from the nation's top expert on COVID-19. Protests and social gathering by their very nature are at odds. Good morning, you guys. Well, uh, it's my heart still. Ooh. It's best that I just do this on the radio. Um, every time I strive to even do a Facebook Live, I just get so emotional. And I'm I'm excited because God is, this is prophecies been coming forward from various prophetic individuals that are really hearing the voice of God since last year. And this is a sign. This is, we are in our 400 year uh, liberation. And because of the protests, I mean, it is spreading all through the country, the world is seeing, and a change has to take place. And before I go to the next segment about the coronavirus, because I'm also doing research on that and really seeing how this coronavirus was a, a strategic plan to loot America and, and, and hardworking citizens out of their resources. And I'm just like, God, I know the protest is here, but I know you're going to do something economically because um, you see the thieves are at the top of the hierarchy. They have control of the power of the money being distributed and they doing it legally right in before the citizens um, seen. And it's like laughing in our face. And this is the year that we really have to put a demand on who we vote for. We have to put a demand on our representatives and our senators and, and the councilmen. We have to put a demand on our mayor. What are you going to do for us as black, the black community, native black community um, with these issues? And when it don't fall through, we got to go out there and put pressure on it. But I believe in the height of this momentum, the height of this change, glory to God, that my faith is still in Yah. And I'm sure that God has a plan and we strategically have to be in the state of an emergency to keep the momentum going. So... The next episode, you guys, I'm going to allow the with the news say, and then I'm gonna come back and share with you guys what's really happening with this protest and this coronavirus. And so 
um, the coronavirus test, man, that's something. I'm sorry, I didn't, I don't want them to give me no tests because it's all a part of a strategic genocide. Okay, and have fifty percent of the tests are not accurate, so they're gonna test everybody. They're gonna test everybody positive just to keep their numbers. And I'm just trying to understand how you're gonna say the numbers going down now. When you have the protests, see, see how they, they promoting it? Oh, the numbers going down. You know, we doing good. We reopening up the city. And, whoa, wait a minute. We got the protests. Protests going to heighten it up. Well, that's what they feeding off. They feeding off of that. And I believe the protests going to continue until it's really time for the movement. Uh, until God say, I'm going to just put it like that. So this is Dr. D. I just wanted to share my little insight on that part. Uh, I'm going to go to the next episode um, where we can hear what are they talking about the coronavirus. And then we're going to go back and do our own investigation and prepare ourselves <laughs> for any type of um, strategic um, debt sentence that they're trying to put on American citizens again. Okay. God bless you. And I appreciate everyone that's tuning into my broadcast. Always know that. God is, is on your side. How can you be denied? Patience, yes. Like you heard the young lady say, she just received her first week of unemployment. I've been following mine every week, and I think this is the week for me to file, and still waiting for them to release something. They were supposed to even give us an emergency or pandemic unemployment. Well, they haven't released that. I'm trying to understand how they're, how they're saying they're helping the American citizens when you still got people waiting. And this is June. This has been going on since March. So you got three months underneath your belt that you got to catch up with a lot of stuff. You see what I'm saying? All right. God bless you. for coronavirus and what the case numbers could look like weeks after this massive worldwide demonstrations. Kerry Sanders reports. A warning tonight for demonstrators across the country from the nation's top expert on COVID-19. Protests and social gathering by their very nature are at odds. A perfect recipe for spreading the virus. But it's a delicate balance because the reasons for demonstrating are valid and yet the demonstration itself puts one at an additional risk. And now his words being realized in Columbus, Ohio, health officials announcing that a protester had COVID-19 and was symptomatic during a rally. In Athens, Georgia, Commissioner Mariah Parker tested positive and warned fellow demonstrators in a Facebook post, if you spoke on Sunday or were near me in the crowd, please get tested. And an Oklahoma State University linebacker tweeted, after attending a protest in Tulsa and being well protective of myself, I have tested positive for COVID-19. Yet some protesters say the momentum is so great that even though it's happening during a pandemic, it will not stop their commitment to change. Felicia Hampton in St. Louis, mother of three men, grandmother of three boys, out protesting again today. We spoke before she marched. You recognize at 50 years old the danger with coronavirus, but you're still going out. Why? 
just trying to prevent another murder attack is what we're trying to do. Even before Floyd's death, health officials warned large gatherings were dangerous. Case in point, Mardi Gras. This was then and now. Not only were people catching beads during Mardi Gras, they were catching the coronavirus. Wash your hands, change your clothes, and you know, please don't visit your grandparents the next day. Coronavirus and protests, neither letting up. Kerry Sanders, NBC News, New Orleans. When we come back, players react to that dramatic admission by the NFL that right. they were wrong about protests. Wrong. Plus, millions on alert as Tropical Storm Cristobal barrels closer to the Gulf Coast. Tropical Storm Cristobal is inching closer to the U.S. Gulf Coast. Nine million people are on alert across Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas, and the Florida Panhandle. Cristobal is expected to make landfall tomorrow night, bringing dangerous storm surge and flash floods. Tonight, we're getting new reactions to the That's NFL's right. apology over the rights of players to protest That's racism right. and police brutality. Right. It's a stunning about face following several years of controversy over athletes taking a knee. Aaron McLaughlin now with what it means for the league. Tonight, a stunning reversal from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. That's right. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. It's the strongest declaration on race by the NFL to date. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. It shouldn't take this long to admit. The NFL's response to this viral video. What will it take for one of us to be murdered by police brutality? What if I was George Floyd? Some of football's biggest stars calling on the league to condemn racism. We admit wrong and silencing our players from peacefully protesting. Still, Goodell never mentions Colin Kaepernick. In 2016, the 49er quarterback was the first to take a knee during the national anthem to protest police brutality and racial injustice. Devin and Jason McCourty play for the Patriots. They say George Floyd's death changed the nation. I think it really opened people's eyes. Like, we got so angry at this young man for taking a knee during the anthem, and then we had to watch a black man die by that same type of image. On Friday afternoon, after President Trump criticized Saints quarterback Drew Brees, tweeting, he should not have taken back his original stance on honoring our magnificent American flag. The superstar responded, defending his apology for these comments when asked about players kneeling in protest. I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. To President Trump, he wrote, This is not an issue about the American flag. It has never been. We can no longer use the flag to turn people away or distract them from the real issues that face our black communities. As thousands take to the streets, the NFL now adding its voice to the growing calls to end racism. Aaron McLaughlin, NBC News, Los Angeles. And just ahead for us, coming together, how a community outpouring of kindness is helping one man overcome a crisis. It's the news we all need right now. So who's better than There's some much needed good news tonight. At a time when so many are divided, this is a story about one community uniting in kindness. At Ooze and Oz Barbershop in Columbus, Ohio, Byron Woods has been serving up trims and teachings for almost 30 years. Folks from all over come for the best cuts and conversation in town. He's a great barber as far as coming here. Uh, it's an excellent community. 
business was booming. But then came the pandemic. When COVID hit, I um, I was frustrated because my landlord was asking for the money. I didn't know where help was going to come from. I, I have to be honest, I lost faith. Closing their doors for almost two months because they were deemed non-essential. Woods is now getting back on his feet with fewer customers. The reality of our business is does more than just cut hair. I mean, we've been a hub for uh, people's lives. He worried he wouldn't be able to make the rents or pay his staff, many of whom are former felons. Woods giving them their first job out of prison. When he offered me a job at Uzanaz, I was a little surprised. So it kind of gave me a little bit of inspiration. Then, amid a pile of unpaid bills, a message of hope. Your acceptance of all people and your overwhelming personal tragedy make you the person I want to, my stimulus check to go to. Sue Keezer, a retired school teacher, read about Woods in the local paper. When I got my check from the government, I knew that I did not need it. My income had not changed at all, and I wanted to give it to someone. He was looking for a miracle, and I wanted to help him have that miracle. It didn't it stop there. Sweet. Thousands pouring in from a GoFundMe page. Whether it was $10 to $5,000, it was something that people done from their heart to say, you mean something to me. An outpouring of support from the community he helped build. Not only is he a great barber, but he is a great person. One trip at a time. I appreciate money, but much more I appreciate the heart of people because that is really what lasts. <laughs> and that's NBC Nightly News for this Saturday. I'm Jose diaz Balart reporting. Thank you for the privilege of your time. And good night. Wow, we have really, really, um, that was really, really inspirational. I was striving to hear Um, I just want to make a comment pertaining to the coronavirus that you just heard and what they expect, right? They expect uh, an insurge uh, (laughs) from the protests, okay? I believe a lot of individuals was already infected with the COVID-19 before they even went out there, right? Um, um, what, what did I want to share? First of all, they didn't expect this to take to spark like wildflowers. That's one thing. And with the threats and everything that they try to demean us with the protest, of course the protest's gonna be peaceful now because they sent in, they sent in, um, they paid individuals and white supremacists to go and wreak havoc on a protest there was about saving more lives and they caused havoc. And just because brown color citizens was looting, okay, in the streets in the in the make of what was happening, 
that's what they caught on tape and that's what they wanted to display. But it wasn't going to stop anything. And this is making history in 2020. This is historical month, um, year. It co-aligns with, with the Native Blacks' um, freedom and rights of injustice and, and, and speaking for equality. From 1965, or really, oh, let's go all the way back to the 1800s, okay? Um, but now that we have a, a, a voice and those that are in position, now is the time for the next stage. Let's start changing these laws. Let's, let's start adding these incidents in the law so the, the, the police won't have the full control or like they're above the law. And that, and as you heard on the other episode, or maybe it was this episode, that the ones that was in court for pushing the elderly man, they out there cheering, supporting them. Okay, yeah, support your brother in blue. But don't put don't support him in doing wrong. You push an elderly man, my God. And that wasn't the first thing that was caught on tape. Police that go out there, be protective. Don't be part of the problem. That's why the protest is going on. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and so I, I always had shared, I said, God going to raise up somebody that's going to start something. And he raised up George Floyd in the midst. He raised him up out of his body. Glory to God. He's in the spirit, but his name will be in the history books. <laughs> Glory to God. God raised him up to make a stand and say, enough is enough. In, in one week, y'all killed three of our individuals. That's part of our DNA for no apparent reason. Enough is enough. And I'm so glad that they have the memorial going on. I am so glad that God, God is revealing himself like never before. And and, and it's imperative that we continue on as individuals all over the world. I know my broadcast speaks all over the world and I want you to share this and I appreciate and I love each and every one of you that have been faithful audience and I thank you I thank you I thank you for all those that are new that just signing on to the boom factor show just I'm gonna update my trailer but that's what this platform is about it's about my living stance in this race called life and how to stand bold and proclaim Jesus Christ, Yahshua, and, and share the things that are going on in the community. And now we see that it's going on all over the world. So you guys be encouraged. I love you. The blessings of God upon you. Stay safe. Um, eat healthy. If you're going out there to protest, make sure you are hydrated. Bring your water and be careful. But go ahead and take a stand for cause for change. In Jesus' name, amen.
This photo has haunted America this past week. And as horrific as it is, it is all too familiar. Another black person dying at the hands of the police, screaming, I can't breathe. But this time we cannot stay silent, especially the Asian community, because the murder of George Floyd was so heinous, even these people are speaking out. This man who put his knee on the neck of George Floyd does not deserve to be free in this country. What happened to George Floyd sickened me, and I'm not the only American who feels this way. It is not enough to be not racist. You have to be anti-racist. And for those who do not think white privilege exists, you are fucking blind. This is fucking incredible. It only took Logan Paul seeing two dead bodies on camera to reflect on his privilege. We must hold our authorities accountable. Police officers, politicians, policymakers. As Killer Mike said, bully the politicians at the voting booth. Believe it or not, this is progress. But Logan, if you're gonna talk seriously about racial injustice, fucking move Squirtle! He's like, we have to bully the politicians. We have to prosecute these murderers. We gotta catch them all. Dude, we're having a serious discussion and you got fucking tchotchkes on the table. Get the beanie babies out of here, Logan. Protests have erupted across the country. It is a mass mobilization unlike anything I have ever seen before. And a lot of cops have done nothing but make a heartbreaking situation worse. You've seen the videos on Twitter showing cops punching protesters, arresting people for no reason, tear gassing bystanders, and all this bullshit opened the floodgates to bizarre shit. Fucking Batman showed up, property was destroyed, and white teenage angst hit an all-time high. For the first time ever, white teens have gotten what they have always wanted purpose. Dylan and Cody are going full-on Mad Max cosplay. Caucasians are fucking karate kicking police cars like their parents just got divorced. And the problem is the conversation has quickly turned from police brutality to this. The rape of America is happening and it's happening right before our eyes and it has nothing to do with the death of that poor man. These wanton acts of violence are part of a coordinated effort to eventually overthrow the United States government. The worst people in our society have taken control. I couldn't agree more, Tucker. The worst people in society have taken control. Looting has broken out all over the country. It has gotten so bad. Even my community is speaking out, but let's be real. It's probably because it affects the bottom line. Abdul Saleh has never seen anything like it in his 20 years in business. Stuff that wasn't theirs, that looters stole early Saturday evening. What hurts Saleh the most is he knows many of the looters. And I got no problem with nobody. That's awful, but come on. 25 bucks for Jays? That jump man's got a gut like Kim Jong-un. So who's looting who, Saleh? Clearly there are a lot of people who own small businesses <laughs> and are feeling shoes. the pain. Why are they doing this? What does this solve? And I understand that frustration, especially when you think about the countries that we come from. India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Egypt, Libya, Palestine, Iraq, Iran, Syria, Vietnam, Cambodia, China, Japan, Laos, the Philippines. Depending on when you immigrated, I know this, you came to this country for order and stability. We don't want it to be as fucked up as back home. 
That's why we're all in our living rooms and we're like, ye ban kya hai? Ye log kya kar rahe? Why can't they just follow the laws? But imagine if you lived in a country where the color of your skin got you killed for driving, jogging, sleeping, yelling, parking, babysitting, sitting in a van, selling CDs, selling cigarettes, opening the door, walking at night, wearing a hoodie at night, holding a toy gun, lying on the ground, being homeless, being in a dark stairwell, holding a cell phone, having a broken taillight, wow. exercising horses, having a bottle of pills, shopping at Walmart, holding a BB gun at Walmart, holding a phone in your own backyard, eating ice cream in your own house, and shopping. You would say that is a lawless country. Who the fuck is running the show? El Shabaab, by the way, hands down, funniest sounding terrorist organization. Sounds like you're about to order falafel, not carry AKs in the back of a Toyota. So hold on, why are we shocked? Parking, babysitting, sitting in a van, selling CDs, selling cigarettes, opening the door, walking at night, wearing a hoodie at night, holding a toy gun, lying on the ground, being homeless, being in a dark stairwell, holding a cell phone, having a broken taillight, exercising horses, having a bottle of pills, shopping at Walmart, holding a BB gun at Walmart, holding a phone in your own backyard, eating ice cream in your own house, and shopping. You would say that is a lawless country. Who the fuck? is running the show. El Shabaab, by the way, hands down, funniest sounding terrorist organization. Sounds like you're about to order falafel, not carry AKs in the back of a Toyota. So hold on, why are we shocked that people are asking for revolutionary change? Dude, we support revolutions overseas. The Intifada, Hong Kong, Arab Spring, Myanmar, CAA, NRC protests, Tiananmen Square, fucking throwing stones at tanks? That is our shit. And we can't empathize with the protesters? We can't seem to fathom the same knee of oppression that kills in Gaza could be the same knee of oppression that killed George Floyd. Look, I can't speak to what it's like to be black, but I know how we talk about black people. And it is fucked up because it is a microcosm of America. Asians, we love seeing black excellence. Barack, Michelle, Jay, Beyonce, give me the Travis Scott fours. We spent the last five weeks praying at the altar of Michael Jordan. How could we be afraid? We love black America. Yeah, on screen, in our living rooms. But if a black man walks into your living room or wants to date, God forbid, marry your daughter, you call the cops. Dude, do you know what we call black people? We call them kala. It means black, not in a good way. If someone in your family is dark-skinned, we clown them. We call them kalu. Look at kalu. Our Bollywood stars do skin whitening commercials so we don't look black. Thank you, Britain. It is bad to be black in Desi culture, wow. even though we all wish we were black. That you is. don't think that affects how we view black people? 20% wow. of Muslims in America are black. We don't even like praying at the yep. same mosques. Yep. If they show up at the masjid, we're like, yo, is Farrakhan here? That is the great hypocrisy. We love seeing how high a black person can ascend in America, but we have done nothing to raise the floor. Come on now. That is what these protests are about. And the worst part is, we're in this country because of protest, because of the civil rights movement. Yes. The only reason so many of us are here is because of the Immigration Act of 65. That law rode the wave of the Civil Rights Act of 64. Think of the chess moves. 
Martin gets Lyndon B. Johnson to sign that sheet of paper, and little do we know, MLK CC'd us on that email of progress. Because of that one signature, Ummi and Abu were able to move to Edison, Fremont, Plano, Naperville, Irvine, Marietta, Dearborn, Twin City, Schaumburg, Sugarland, Long Beach, Dallas, Sunnyvale, Cupertino. You know, the factories that make us. Also, that you could eat fucking Bundukan instead of being in Karachi. But hey, it's not our fight, right? This is a black-white issue. America's story didn't start when we got here. When you became an American citizen, you don't just get to own the country's excellence. You have to own its failures. Wow. That is the deal. Wow. That's why I can't get this photo out of my head. Because it's crop wrong. Zoom out. Who's in this photo? Wow. The officer who's blocking people off? He's Hmong American. He's my age. He's 34. The guy who owns the store. Did you know this? He's Arab American. His clerk called the cops on Floyd. That is America. A black man was murdered in cold blood and we were on the fucking sidelines watching. I'm not saying we were the ones who killed George Floyd. But we have to be the ones who pull that cop off his neck. We think we're not a part of the story, but we're at the scene of the crime. That's why the full picture matters. This doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens in a system. Fine, Hassan, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to support black America? I did the little black Instagram square. I had the, t- I had the tough conversation with my family. Fuck that. This fake woke shit we do on IG dies in a week. Whoa. We can't just knock out racism. We have to help win this thing yeah. on the cards. We have to donate our money and time to black organizations, to all the doctors, offer free health care to protesters, tech people, help black businesses get online. You work in IT, set up a router. You pass the bar, good. Ami and Abu are proud. Work pro bono for protesters. Pfizer doesn't need any more billables. Everything helps. Be like Rahul. He let protesters hide from police in his home. You don't even need a degree to do this. That's you right. just need a Sharpie. Yeah. Because we have got to get our civics, law school nerd shit on right now. Two things, legislating and voting. Yes. That changes history and it scales. These are a few things we all got to get behind. And this applies to everyone. Number one and qualified immunity. It protects cops from lawsuits and holds them to a different set of standards than the rest of us. There's a bill in Congress right now. Make sure it gets traction. Harass your member of Congress. Call the landline. If you can make bots for a Jordan drop, make bots that will call your member of Congress. Next, demilitarize the police. We saw this two months ago. Doctors are waddling around in garbage bags, but now our cops are LARPing like Master Chief and Halo? No. Three, this is very important. Vote out corrupt local officials because this buddy-buddy bullshit between prosecutors, DAs, and the cops is the reason that police officers never serve time. You have to Google when the election is, vote locally, and get new officials into the system. That's on all of us. Number four, This isn't for everyone. This is for Keith Ellison. Keith, I know you are watching. You are the attorney general in Minnesota and you have this case now. Come on, man. How many Muslim fundraisers have you and I gone to where we pray for the community? We gotta make dua. We cannot just make dua. 
you need to charge and prosecute all four officers as hard as you possibly can. They have got to go to prison. We can't let this moment slip away. Millions of people around the world have taken to the street to afford us this moment. Set the precedent so the next time a cop has his knee on a black man's neck, he will see it for what it is. Murder. Excellent. You can go to YouTube and just type in the Patriot Act. And just to correspond to what he was saying, um, we have to do something beyond. While they're protesting, we need to call our legislator. You need to call your congressman. You need to make those calls. You need to look at the bills. Look at their agenda. Okay? And then you submit your concerns. Because it asks you that. It asks you that. No matter what state you find yourself in, you have a responsibility. This year, they have a preliminary voting in July. And then we have November. Come on, people. We need to, we need to really move on this. Okay?